Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today. Get some help, should be working on myself, but I push it to the side. Now I'm used to getting stuck out of sight, out of mind, out of luck. No, this ain't all there is, no, this ain't no way to live, and I think I've had enough. Yeah, I'm moving on, I'm taking steps. After all of this time, I held my breath. And I'm turning the page to see the next Open up my eyes to find the best And wherever it takes me, I can rest Knowing that I'm loved, it's who I am Yeah, I'm moving on, I'm taking steps Knowing that I'm enough and nothing less oh. I keep looking to the past Cause I never get it back Try to prove it to myself And to everybody else That I can get it back But my value never changed No, it never stays the same I've got nothing, nothing to lose I've got nothing to lose And I'll never get away Yeah, I'm moving on I'm taking steps After all of this time I held my breath I'm turning the page to see the next Open up my eyes to find the best And wherever it takes me, I can rest Knowing that I'm loving who I am Yeah, I'm moving on, I'm taking steps Knowing that I'm enough and nothing less Oh, Good morning and welcome to the worship at Downtown Church. Thank you for joining us for this Confirmation and Youth Sunday. Thank you for supporting and empowering the youth of this church on this day and every day. Let us worship God together. Please join me in prayer. 
God, help us be bold like Queen Vashti. Help us be brave like Queen Esther. As we confirm our faith, walk with us, be with us on this journey. Help us to take each step, not for our own glory, but for yours. Amen. This is the story of something that happened in the time of Xerxes, who ruled Persia in 480 BC. In the third year of his reign, he gave a great banquet. On the seventh day of the party, the king, drunk on the wine, ordered his servants to bring him Queen Vashti to show the people her beauty. But Queen Vashti refused to come. She refused the summons delivered by the servants. The king lost his temper, and she was removed from her position as queen and banished. After some time had passed, the king decided to find a new wife. The king decided on a young woman named Esther. Esther was secretly a Jew and had been submitted to be considered for queen by Esther's cousin Mordecai, who was also Jewish. The king fell in love with Esther and he placed a royal crown on her head and made her queen in the place of Vashti. Then the king gave a great banquet for all of his nobles and officials, Esther's banquet. Please rise and sing with us. Give me Jesus. 
Sometime later, King Xerxes promoted a guy named Haman to be the highest-ranked official in the government. All the king's servants had to bow down and kneel before Haman, but Mordecai, the Jew, and cousin of Esther would not do that. He would not down, bow down and kneel before anyone but God. When Haman saw that Mordecai didn't bow and kneel before him, he was outraged. Knowing that Mordecai was a Jew, Haman hatched an evil plan not to destroy just Mordecai, but eliminate all the Jews throughout the whole kingdom. Haman spoke with King Xerxes, saying, There's an odd set of people scattered through the provinces of the kingdom who don't fit in. Their customs and ways are different from those of everyone else. Worse, they disregard the king's laws. They're an affront the king shouldn't put up with them. If it pleases the king, let orders be given that they be destroyed. I'll pay for it myself. I'll deposit 375 tons of silver in the royal bank to finance the operation. Go ahead, the king said to Haman. It's your money. Do whatever you want with it, with those people. The, king, the king's decree to destroy the Jews was posted in all of the kingdoms. We all messed up. Knowing that, please join me in the prayer of admission found in your program. God, we know that we sin. Like Haman, we get angry quickly. Like the king, we abuse our power. We do not always follow the rules that you set for us. Despite not deserving forgiveness, we ask for it from you. Help us forgive others and hear us now as we pray together silently. forgives us. God found a way to use Esther and Mordecai for good, and God can find a way to use us as well. God loves us and forgives us no matter what. Thanks be to God. Amen. 
When Mordecai learned about the order to destroy the Jews, he began to mourn and went out in the streets of the city crying out. As the king's order was posted in every province, there was a sadness and lament among the Jews, fasting, weeping, and wailing. When Esther's servants told her the queen was stunned, Esther called out, called for her servant Hathak and told him to go to Mordecai and get the full story of what was happening. So he went to Mordecai. Mordecai told him everything that, w- that had happened to him. He told him Haman had promised to deposit money into the royal bank to fina- finance the massacre of the Jews. When Mor- Mordecai gave Hathak instructions to ask Esther to go to the king and intercede and plead with him for her people. Hathak came back and told Esther everything Mordecai had said. Esther responded to Mordecai with this message. Everyone knows that there is a single fate for every man or woman who approaches the king without being invited, death. When Hathak told Mordecai what East Esther had said, Mordecai sent her this message. Don't think that just because you live in the king's house, you're the one jewel who will get out of this alive. If you persist in staying silent at a time like this, help and deliverance will arrive for the jewels for, from someplace else. But you and your family will be whipped out. Who knows? Maybe you were made queen for just such a a time as this. Esther sent back her answer to Mordecai, go and get all the Jews together fast for me. Don't eat or drink for three days. Either day or night, I and my maids will fast with you. If you will do this, I'll go to the king, even though it's forbidden. If I die, I die. I wonder how Esther would describe herself if she were applying to college. Would she pin saving millions of people from mass genocide as one of her biggest accomplishments? Would she tell the story of her perseverance and resilience in making such a difficult decision? When the acceptance committees ask her to describe herself in a singular adjective, would she wonder what to say or would she instantly and confidently know herself as brave? I wonder these things because as I'm a junior, I'm getting into the chaos that is the college application process. And I found myself hesitant when crafting my resume. I'm a bit fearful that my own accomplishments aren't good enough or that the adjectives I choose to define myself don't help me stand out as a good enough applicant. Our college counseling office recently sent out a questionnaire, and when I had to list my defining adjectives, I literally Google searched lists of adjectives to describe a young woman. (laughs) I kept trying to fit into whatever adjective caught my eye in hopes that whatever I picked would make my applications have a little bit more value compared to those around me. Being caught up in my head, I found myself procrastinating on deadlines, waiting to come up with that one adjective, that one story as epic as Esther's, to earn enough approval that a college will let me in. But Esther's story is almost too epic to compare to. I found myself overwhelmed by the extremity of Esther's story since, realistically, we will never be in her exact position or make this much of an impact with a single action. Historically, Esther should be a powerless young girl in a wildly patriarchal society. However, she speaks up and saves millions, choosing to act against cultural norms and the law. If this is the standard of bravery that God expects, then I am nowhere close. If I, feel, I feel less than since I don't have that one moment that makes me stand out. However, I really don't believe that our God believes, or that our God loves to compare us. I don't think it's fair to weigh her story against anything we could accomplish, and we can't ignore the real hesitancy that Esther had. She turned Mordecai down at first out of fear. And still, she is brave. 
Because bravery doesn't consist of doing something without fear, it's doing something even though you are scared. To follow the model of Esther means any decision that chooses liberation in the face of oppression and chooses to be powerful for good in the face of fear is full of value for God's kingdom. Therefore, when the world presents us with everyday problems like bullying, misogyny, shame, backstabbing, the time is now to act. The most intriguing part of Esther's story is that it never mentions God's name. Rather than filling in the blanks to assume God's appearance, we can accept God's absence. See, Esther never waits on God to act. Instead, she trusts that God is presently acting and takes matters into her own hands. She doesn't know what will happen because of her action, but she still decides to act rather than to sit through others' suffering. Sometimes I wish that I could fast forward to see the consequences of my different choices. However, it's not humanly possible, so I must rely on the urge to spread God's glory. Instead of waiting, pushing back deadlines, anticipating some change, something to click, we can trust ourselves in our own decisions on behalf of others, just as Esther does. We're given the decision to be reactionary to God or proactive in bringing about God's kingdom. Do we wait until we feel surrounded and comforted by God's presence, or do we make things happen when we can, as we can, as we are, imperfectly, with whatever courage we can muster, knowing that the God of Esther goes with us? Hi, uh, my name is Ryan Rogers, and I am a graduating senior planning to attend Furman in the fall. Uh, I've recently, I've spoken to a lot of my friends about where we are right now, making these decisions about college and the future, and everyone seems to be feeling the same way. More anxious about the future than excited about the present. And I mean, we're seniors, we're graduating. Shouldn't we be jumping up and down with joy? Um, but we're not, and I know that this feeling transcends high school seniors. I know that my parents, two adults, also face changes at work, in our community, and in the economy, which, whether they be good or bad, can be a continuous source of stress. And the story of Esther is also a bit stressful. There's death, backstabbing, plotting, a near genocide, and yet it all centers around this one young woman named Esther. Now, Esther is one of only two books in the Bible to be named after a woman, and is also the only book in the Bible where God is not directly mentioned. In this story, neither Esther's time nor place provides solid ground for her to stand on as a Jewish woman in a kingdom run by Christian men. Change, change has just infiltrated her life as she was chosen to be queen. She is simply adapting to her new life and focusing on survival. So the news of Haman's plan is yet another shake to her very fragile world, and her immediate reaction is a very human one. It's to reason and respond in a way that quiets the conscience, because change is hard. So Esther, fearing for her life, responds to Mordecai, declining to intervene, but is met still with his resistance. And eventually, motivated by a singular sentence and perhaps her love for Mordecai and her people, Esther goes to the king. An entire people are saved because one person was in the right place at the right time. And Mordecai's words ring true, saying, who knows? Maybe you were made for queen for just such a time as this. Well, purpose is a complicated idea. And for a high school senior, it's a bit of a terrifying one. But fortunately, one doesn't need to pursue a purpose to find one along the way. God is not, one, is not mentioned once in this story, not prayed to or followed, and yet Esther is able to save an entire population from genocide, guided only by her own bravery and the Holy Spirit that she believes is there. But how is it that one person who understands and cares for the Jews is selected as queen has a cousin that is able to notify her of these events and motivate her, 
and a king that is ready to listen to her. Now, unless you're really committed to the idea of coincidence, this is where faith comes in. And that thing that we can never just get but seem to have to work continuously at because it goes against our very nature, yeah, that's the faith. Um, and somehow, God used a servant like Esther, sprinkled in some purpose and a good bit of bravery, and Esther got right where she needed to be, saying, if I die, I die. Esther had faith. Now, a couple of nights ago, my mom and I were watching Ted Lasso on Apple TV. <laughs> Go watch it, it's the best show ever. But um, that episode ended playing Bob Marley's Three Little Birds. And about an hour later, and after uh, weeks of indecisiveness, I just got a feeling and I committed to Furman University for college. And that Ted Lasso, Bob Marley song was the first song we played, singing, don't worry about a thing, because every little thing is going to be all right. And that song is now on our family playlist. Uh, but seriously, whether you're freaking out over a college decision, a new manager at work, or the state of our world, sometimes we just need to hear those words. Every little thing is going to be all right. And who knows, maybe we were made to be here on this earth, in this community, with these people, for just such a time as this. Thank you. Hold my hand, oh baby, it's a long way down to the bottom of the river. Hold my hand, oh baby, it's a long way down, a long way down. If you get sleep or if you get night, cock's gonna call in the morning, baby. Check the cupboard for your daddy's gun. Red sun rises like an early warning. Lord's gonna come for your firstborn son. He's on fire and his heart is burning. Go to the river where the water runs. Wash him deep where the tides are turning. And if you fall, if you fall, hold my hand, ooh baby, it's a long way down to the bottom of the river. Hold my hand, ooh baby, it's a long way down, a long way down. Wolves will chase you by the pale moonlight, drunk and driven by the devil's hunger. Drive your son like a railroad to the water that pull him under Oh, don't you lift him, let him drown alive The good Lord speaks like a rolling thunder Oh, let that fever make the water rise Let that river run dry Hold my hand, ooh baby, it's a long way getting to the part in the service where we will um, confirm our confirmands. And for those of you who are like, 
what the heck is a confirmand? Um, in the Presbyterian Church, uh, we typically baptize children when they are young, when they can't um, answer those questions um, of God's claim on their heart uh, for themselves. Parents or guardians usually do that for them. And so confirmation is the process where these uh, high schoolers, mostly ninth and 10th graders, um, confirm on their own whether they want to be a part of the church, whether they want to choose to follow Jesus. So for the past um, really three months, we've been meeting and we've been talking. We've been asking a lot of amazing questions with 13 awesome confirmands. Um, and so I'm going to invite them up on stage now, as well as Dawn and some advisors, Chelsea and Zan, and also our director of youth, Abigail. So confirmands, y'all can come on up here. So our confirmands are Pope Johnson, Lily Addy, Libby Williams, Lucas Beal, Thomas Sabalis, Thomas Price, Hayes Umbach, Bo Lipscomb, Ella Pickron, and Gessam Ladd, Tamara Scott, Tyler Acoin, and Roper Winsky. Trusting in the gracious mercy of God, do you turn from the ways of sin and renounce evil and its power in the world? If so, say, I do. Do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept him as your Lord and Savior, trusting in his grace and love? If so, say, I do. Will you be Christ's faithful disciple, obeying his word and showing his love? If so, say, I will. It's about to get uh, crowded on the stage. I want all the confirmants to step forward, and I want to invite their parents and confirmation mentors to come forward and to lay a hand on their head or their shoulder as we say a prayer over them. It's a pretty beautiful image of the church right here. Let us pray. God, we give you our thanks for these confirmands. I thank you for their curiosity, for their questions and their learning about you, O oh God, and your son and this church. Today, these confirmands make claims about who you are for them as their creator and savior. And they also realize what that claim means about them. They are each beloved children of God. We ask that as we mark this moment when they officially join your church, that you bless their faith walk ahead. May they keep on asking questions and learning about you through your scripture and with your community. May this not mark the end of a faith discernment, but rather be one point on a long journey with you. God, I give you thanks for the parents on this stage right now, for their commitment in their faith to you and for the ways that they share that faith with their children. I give you thanks for the confirmation mentors who volunteered their time to come and get to know these awesome youth. I give you thanks for the new friendships formed on this stage and for this whole community that will walk beside them. May we be visible reminders of the baptismal promise that because of you, O Lord, we are never alone. Thank you, O Lord, for the gift of this church. And in the wise words of one of these confirmands, the church is this diverse group of people united in one purpose to see and follow you. May it be so. Amen. So for Confirmation Sunday, I found it fitting that we read um, kind of a summary of the book of Esther for a number of reasons, because in the book of Esther, Esther doesn't grow up to change the world. 
Esther changes the world right where she is. And I know from my experience with these confirmands and with any people in the church, no matter how old they are, you don't have to grow up, you don't have to grow a year older to change the world. And I also thought it was incredibly fitting for our two preachers, Anna Catherine and Ryan, who were the first class of confirmands that I did three years ago. And what amazing uh, women they have grown into. Thanks be to God for their wisdom today. So today we come to this table. Um, and it's not our table, it's not downtown church's table, it's certainly not my table, it's Christ's table. And Christ welcomes all, that's what we believe. And a lot of the faith statements that the Confirmands wrote, they say that we believe Jesus loves everybody. No matter what we've done, no matter what we will do, that Jesus loves us. And this table, this sacrament is a reminder of that. Thanks be to God for this table. Let us pray. The Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up our hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord, our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. Let us pray. Loving God, it is right to give our thanks and praise on this day, on this glorious day, God, and we welcome these amazing young people into the church, into your church. May it be changed and changed for the better. We thank you for this world. We thank you for this community, this opportunity to gather, to talk, to learn, to laugh, to listen, and to cry. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who chose to walk among us, who chose to eat with us, who chose to teach us. We thank you for your saints of the Old Testament, like Esther, like Ruth, like Mordecai, like Samuel, like Elijah, who taught us, who teach us how to follow you. God, we give you thanks for this cup, for this wine, for this juice, for this bread. Let it nourish our souls and be reminded of the ways that you nourish us spiritually each and every day to go out into a world and to love others as you have loved us. In your name we pray, amen. So the night when Jesus would be betrayed, he gathered his group of buddies, his disciples, and after giving thanks, he took bread, just normal bread, and he broke it. And he said these words, he says, friends, this is my body. It's given, it's broken for you, for all of you. Whenever you eat of this, remember me. In the same way, he took a cup and he poured out wine. He said, this cup holds the new covenant, sealed in my blood, shed for the forgiveness of all of your sins. Whenever you drink from this cup, remember me. So as often as we eat of this bread and we drink from this cup, we proclaim that Jesus is Lord until he comes again. Thanks be to God. Amen. So in just a second, I'm going to invite our confirmands to come up and they will be serving you communion today. A few logistical things. All of the bread, um, sorry, two of the bread is gluten-free. It'll be the bread up here and there. And at these two stations, it's also grape juice. Everywhere else is wine and gluten bread. Please join me in prayer. Loving God, we are thankful for your abundant love and forgiveness. We ask that you help us through our journey as we attempt to juggle many aspects of our lives, school, work, friends, and more. 
We ask you, God, to be with those afflicted by homelessness, mental health struggles, sickness, and loneliness. Remind them that they are not alone. We are never alone in your love. Thank you for your guidance and constant presence in our lives. Thank you for your son, Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. So the king and Haman went to dinner with Queen Esther. At this second dinner, while they were drinking wine, the king again asked, Queen Esther, what would you like? Half my kingdom? Just ask and it's yours. Queen Esther answered, if I've found favor in your eyes, O king, and if it pleases the king, give me my life and give my people their lives. She exposed what Haman planned to do, to kill even her since she was a Jew. And by the end of the dinner, the king ordered for Haman to be hung on the very gallows he had built to hang Mordecai. Then after Esther asked for it, the king signed and ordered that every Jew could take up arms and defend themselves against anyone who tried to hurt them. The Jews prevailed over those who sought to harm them, and the Jews were saved from genocide. Rise and sing with us. Oh, so Shall not fail you be proud. 
to a world that is dying His perfect salvation to tell that we are here in this place for such a time as this. And may we have the courage to make the hard choices like Esther. Go, Go in, in peace. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.